The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman joins us from FC Stone. Not a good Monday, Arlen. I mean, usually Mondays have a little bit of hurdles to get over. But today, I think we were looking at high jumps when it came to stocks being down, the dollar was down, the grains were down. It just seemed like everything was not working like it should be today. Absolutely. It was risk off in the markets. And that means uh, that uh, the speculative funds were pulling money out of anything that might be considered a high risk asset. And uh, today that included the stock market with huge losses there. It included the dollar. It included the commodity sector. There was very little that was positive in the market today other than gold was higher, as you would expect, uh, and the VIX index, which is the volatility index. It was up almost 35% uh, representing the increase and fear that was present on Wall Street today. Uh, uncertainty brought on because of a, a culmination of things or a compilation of things. On the one hand, the continued global fear of, of a trade war uh, with all the rhetoric coming out of the White House of late and uh, tariffs most recently. The, the biggest ones getting attention are the uh, 25% tariff, import tariff on steel and 10% on aluminum. Also, the Federal Reserve meeting Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. We've got a brand-new chair for the Federal Reserve and uh, Jerome Powell. And so what changes might there be? Not really any changes expected. I think that's one reason he was selected is because they felt like he would probably stay the course. But he's not an academic like Janet Yellen and may have a different approach a different way to communicate, and the markets may interpret it differently. And uh, so we'll get the results of that meeting on Wednesday afternoon. And then at the end of the week on Friday, you, uh, Congress has to pass an omnibus budget bill to avoid another government shutdown. And the, as you recall, we shut down for a few days back in February, and that shutdown ended with a two-year spending agreement, but contingent upon the parameters of the details of that being implemented into a omnibus budget to be passed by March 23rd. And that deadline's here, and the same old issues that uh, created the shutdown then are still present today. And so there's just increased risk in the marketplace this week, and that's why the funds were just liquidating long positions. We had... Uh, rains in the plains and rains in argentina all that kind of coming together just they just were were selling everything so the question is is this just going to be a a blip for a monday or is this going to kind of set the tone arlen for what we're going to see the next couple of days in this trading session It, it could be volatile in either direction that's what we don't know will we see continued liquidation will it reverse and go the other direction a lot of it depends on Oh, what obviously we know about the weather, and I think it's important to state that the rains in Argentina actually were very disappointing, and you would expect that that would uh, be supportive of soybeans and of corn, but the drought in Argentina is considered old news now, and trade saying, show me something new that I could, that they could justify sustaining a rally on. 
the rains in the plains are something new and it's early in the growing season so therefore they can really benefit the crop as for the fed anything could happen there it could come out with something that's very supportive something that's neutral or something that puts additional pressure on the market so a lot of unknowns and uncertainty around this week a lot of times we get a turnaround tuesday will we get that i don't know but i can say that major chart objectives that won't necessarily hold the market but it certainly should give the market reason to pause sit just below current prices in the corn soybean and wheat markets days like today make grain farmers a little nervous absolutely absolutely and i have to think of those farmers down in uh, oklahoma and texas and some parts of kansas that didn't get any rain there's certainly any rain to speak of and they're still facing the drought so they look at the collapse in prices and worry that they won't have the grain to sell either so that's got to be particularly frustrating to them um, but that's what we've talked about on this program and we've talked about for some time Weather rallies go up fast, but they come down even faster, and they usually come down before you think they should. So good things to keep in mind, and I know for producers, we look, you know, into, for example, into Kansas, where they had some major fires. They had major fires in Texas as well over the weekend. It just makes for some overall nervousness to what we're going to see within the trade. Yeah, absolutely does, and and I think the wheat story will come back that doesn't mean they necessarily feel that we're going to go to new highs we don't know that yet we don't know enough information about the losses yet um but the big thing that's kind of hanging over this market is that fact that we still have big surplus supplies left over from last year and so that does leave some risk that uh, if the rains are sufficient and the exports happen to not um, be as good as desired uh, that the highs may be behind us. We simply don't know from that standpoint. Until we get rid of those big surplus supplies, that's going to continue to be to hurt us and uh, make us vulnerable to lower prices. Definitely makes you guys um, look forward to when it comes to this wheat quality tour that we're going to see in southern Kansas headed out to the, the western part of the state at the end of next month to get some idea as to what we're going to see crop-wise. Uh, I anticipate that's going to be uh, a tour that has a lot of participation. There's going to be a lot of industry and media on that tour uh, as they walk through fields across Kansas and in southern Nebraska, eastern Colorado, northern Oklahoma, give the industry a real feel for what the condition of the crop is. I'll be driving across western Kansas later this week, which will be timely to see how the crop is responding to the rain. We're supposed to have warm temperatures to help it quickly respond and get a feel for just how much is there. The rains will help really perk things up. All right, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up on the Rural Radio Network. Trader as well, because there is somewhat of a correlation uh, between what the consumer's willing to spend on stakes and how they feel about the economy. And, and we know that the stock market tends to be one of those indicators that the consumer looks at. So when we see a large break in the stock market, it does tend to affect negatively uh, meat prices as well. So that was in the background, this big, massive risk-off sentiment. When you look at the fundamentals of the cattle market specifically, the cash market was impressive last week. It came in 126, 127, 128, even 128.50. So there was some better-than-expected strength there, but the board traders are more concerned about the big second quarter supplies 
So we've had some very strong basis. This is very similar to what we saw a year ago, trying to pull big second quarter supplies forward. It worked a year ago, but there's some question whether it's actually working this year. We're just not seeing the increase in slaughter pace that we'd like to see to pull those cattle forward, and that's a real concern. Now, we're not seeing the it necessarily build up in the weight, so maybe we are doing okay, but there's a lot of anxiety about that in the trade. And so while the cash market currently is performing well, let's keep in mind that that April contract is trading where it'll think the cash market will be at the end of April. So it's anticipating more weakness as bigger supplies start to hit. That's what it's trading. couple factors that maybe we have to toss in. Easter's early this year. It has not been warming up like we usually see this time of year around the area. So grilling season hasn't really kicked off. The slowdown in plants, Easter holiday, et cetera, does that cause some concerns for the cattle market? It does, because when you look at big grilling weekends, you look at Easter, you look at uh, Mother's Day, graduation. This year, graduations and Mother's Day will probably be a lot on the same weekend. So those are weekends when we tend to see a lot of grilling. Uh, and uh, so that's a concern. We need to see a good warm-up across the Midwest and the East Coast. Uh, in order to get that good demand for steaks for grilling. Feeder cattle futures, that we saw some eroding of them. It just seems like they can't get out of this triple-digit slump. That's been a problem, and of course, is the, the primary concern right now is what's the supply going to do in the second quarter to the live cattle market, and what will that do to returns down the road and to the demand for calves and we, and so or lighter-weight cattle. And so... We're really seeing almost worse chart signals there than what we're seeing in the live cattle, particularly as corn has been going up. Today's weaker corn market really didn't help at all. For the hogs, losses there. That's all we seem to be talking about today is the negativity in the trade, and it happened in the hogs as well. You know, demand has been pretty impressive in the hogs, especially in the export demand. And I know last week's report, once again, was pretty strong demand for pork but the supply has been more than adequate and even with the new packing plants coming on they've been able to find plenty of supply to meet that demand over to the back to the livestock side we do have a planning intentions report coming up pretty quickly have you guys already started to kind of weigh in thoughts and ideas ahead of those numbers well the good news about this report is no major shift in acreage is expected there's somewhat of a sense maybe a small incremental reduction in corn maybe a relatively modest increase in soybean acres, but this isn't one of those years when a major shift is leaving a lot of unknown. I think the biggest question is going to be around the stocks report, particularly corn stocks, and that will give us some big insight onto feed, into feeding and, and for wheat as well, uh, what's the feeding pace. Well, definitely from the folks uh, on the Chicago Board of Trade watching what happens in rural America, their focus is, looks like it's going to continue to be on, on the Midwest headed down into you know, areas of Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Absolutely. As we uh, turn the calendar to April, we'll be looking at spring planting in the Midwest. Right now, it looks like the dry areas are going to get rain. The wet areas are going to dry out. It looks like we're going to have fairly good planting for the Midwest. The plains, though, I think revert back to dry, particularly central and southern plains. You brought up a really good point, and that was the fact that Argentina, Brazil, their weather... It's pretty much now on the wayside for you guys. It's a futures market. They they trade futures, anticipated future changes in the fundamentals, not current. And um, the Argentine drought is now considered uh, an old story to the futures traders unless we get much bigger losses than what's currently priced into the market. 
So for that producer that says, yeah, but it continues to be talked about every day in the trade, how do we not focus on it? Yeah, absolutely understood. Um, and in the producer markets and what's known today, the futures traders anticipating what might be in the future, and those two sometimes get really frustrating for the farmer and the end user. What's the best way, Arlen, to reach you? Folks want to talk more about these markets. INTLFCstone.com. All right. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. He's got lots of information throughout the day. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and your local Fontenelle dealer. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You can tackle any job with the right equipment, and a Bessler bale bed is the right equipment. Built and sold by two Nebraska families, it's a flatbed and bale loader in one well-thought-out package. They come standard with dual-lift cylinders, tie-down rails, stake pockets, removable sideboards, synchronized squeeze arms, and a 30,000-pound recessed fifth-wheel ball. You can also choose between 12-volt or live hydraulic power. Contact Central Hydraulic Systems and Equipment Company today. They'll set you up with an installed Bessler bale bed and take care of you after the sale.